joyful we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above, melts the clouds of Thank you for joining us for this program from the 9th Avenue Church of Christ in Haleville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our program with others. Now, we take you to the service of the 9th Avenue Church of Christ. Take your Bibles out and turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 as we get into a new series of lessons called Wake Up. Say that with me this morning. Say, Wake Up. How many of you need to hear that more than once on most given days? Most given days, how many of you have to be told to, to wake up more than one time? How many of you need a little bit of um, encouragement to wake up in the morning in the form of something hot in a mug maybe comes out of a pot? Any of you? Any of you? How many of you like still need that encouragement? It's like, what, almost, what time is it this morning? I don't, I don't know. Some, 11 o'clock. Some of y'all still awake or still asleep? Some of you, maybe. Who knows? Okay, wake up. We've been talking about our faith, right, over the last year. We've been talking about uh, how we respond to God in faith, what faith is. We've looked through the book of Ruth for the last six weeks on, on a faithful God and how God pours into our lives and how God takes care of, th- takes care, uh, of different things in our life, even though we're not expecting it, even when we're not expecting it and don't know what to look for, God's still working and God's still doing things all around us. But then what we have to get to the point of in our faith is where we finally realize, hey, maybe it's just time for me to wake up, that God has blessed me, God has done all these things for me, God has taken care of me. It is time for me to wake up in my faith, to wake up in my life and give all I can. And that's really what the book of Ephesians is about. It's about waking up and realizing there's something to this. There is, there's a life that God has called me to. There's more to this world. There's more to this life that I live than what I see and what I experience on a daily basis that it is, <coughs> I got wound up too fast this morning, that, that it is time for me to wake up and see that God is calling me to live a certain life and to live it 100%, live it sold out, live it for him every single day. But that only happens That only happens when I live in faith. Faith is that motivator. Faith is that guide. Faith is that part of my life that I say, I realize what God has done for me. I see what God has done for me. And I'm going to give back. I'm going to do for him. I'm going to do what he asks. And the more that I do, the more that I give back in that relationship, the more God's going to give to me and bless me. And so we're going to take some time and work through this book, and we're going to look at the life that we are supposed to be living. Okay. I uh, don't see. If somebody would, could somebody grab me some water or something? That'd be great this morning. Thank you, Ron. All right. Let's pray together, and then we'll jump into our passage. God, we thank you so much for the chance to just be in your presence today. We thank you for the opportunity to to come together and sing these praises. We thank you for the love and mercy that you show us every day. Open our hearts as we begin this study, God. Help us to wake up in our life and to realize that no matter how much we're giving, we can give more. No matter what we're doing, we can do more. We can serve more. We can pray more. We can love more, God. 
Help us to see that life that we need to be living every single day. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right. Let's go. Ephesians. Can you read that? Yeah. Ephesians chapter. Oh, I thought you were talking to the gift that Neil let me borrow his wheelchair up here this morning. I appreciate that. For those of you that didn't realize today is my 40th birthday. Neil thought he'd be funny, but we're going to give this back to Neil when, uh, when we're done with it this morning. All right, starting in verse 3, verses 3 through 6 here together. Then we're going to break these things down. Praise be to the God, our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Before we break it down and talk about uh, the, the main points here, I want to point out something that's repeated a couple of times in this text. It's the very first word of verse 3. What is that word? Praise. And to me, that really has to do, that has to define our life. If I'm waking up in my life and I'm realizing how I'm going to have to serve God, I'm going to live this life in a full way, my day has to start every day, and it has to be about this every day, about praising God. I have to give him the glory. I have to give him the credit. I have to give him the attention that he deserves, which is all of it, right? It's all of it. So we start with praise in our life, and we give that to God every opportunity we have. But why do we praise him? And that's really what I want us to talk about. Why do we praise him? Because of the things that he has done for us. And that starts here in verse 3. We see these phrases, and we're going to talk about this for a few minutes. Praise be to the God, our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Say this with me, the rest of it. Who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus or in Christ. That's where we're going to start. The first thing I want you to know this morning, that as you try to wake up and live your life for Jesus to a greater amount, to a fuller amount, I want you to know this morning that Jesus, that God, that the Holy Spirit has blessed you. Can you say amen to that this morning? That God the Father has blessed you this morning. We were talking about this in class, and I love the conversation that we had, but we were, we were talking about what it means to be blessed. And, and when you really dig into to the language here, this idea of blessed means to extend benefits, to extend benefits. And it's, it's the idea that God is giving us certain things, right? God is giving us certain things. He's blessing us in certain ways. He is, there are, there are great things that come along with being a child of God. Not, not just salvation. Salvation is a great thing. It's the core of all of it. it it's, the, it's the foundation of it all. But once I get into that salvation relationship with God, there are so many other things that begin to come into my life. We talk about our church family is a blessing. We think about grace being a blessing. We think about prayer being a blessing. All of these things that we have. But when you think about this word, you know, Christ blessed us. It's not just, he goes, okay, 
I'm going to give you something. It's that I'm going to give you something, and then I'm going to keep giving, and I'm going to keep giving, and I'm going to keep giving. That when we walk in this relationship with God, when we walk in this salvation relationship with God, it's not just that God has given us a church family, but it's that that church family continues to bless us every step of our journey in him. Are there going to be times that our family gets on our nerves? Yes, there is, and we have to work through those things. But the longer we spend together, the longer we spend together, the greater of a blessing that that fellowship becomes, that those prayers become. James talks about it this way. He says, when you're struggling with things, he says, confess those things to who? To one another. Confess those things to your family. He said there should be a safety feeling. There should be a safety net within this relationship. The blessing should be that when I'm struggling, even when I'm struggling with sin, I should have the relationships in this family that I go and I can sit down and I can say, Ron, man, this, this is my struggle. This is where I am right now. I've got this issue. I've got this sin that I'm struggling with. And I know that there is love and that there is grace and accountability in that relationship. But that conversation is not something that I should dread. That conversation is an extension, if you will, a growth of that blessing of church family. So our blessings grow as we are in this life together. But not only are are the blessings on this side, they're on the other. And Unfortunately, many times when we think about blessings, we think about things that we can see and touch. We think as blessings as being extra, if you will. I've got my normal things, the things that I have to have to live, and then blessings are the things that are on top of that, the things that make life more comfortable. I've got necessities, and then I have blessings. And a lot of times, if we're not careful, we look at it this way. I provide the necessities, and God provides the blessings. Sometimes we're guilty of that because those necessities are things that we look at and we go, okay, I've gone to work this week. I have worked all week. I've worked hard this week. I've been paid this week, and I have turned around and paid my bills. I've turned around and bought groceries. I've, I've turned around and paid my car payment. I've done all these things. I have provided the necessities. And then we go, God, if you would please bless us. And when we say that, a lot of times we're talking about in our mind beyond the necessities as if God has not been involved in the necessity part of life. Timothy makes a couple of comments through the book of First and Second Timothy to remind us that everything we have ultimately comes from who? Comes from God. So as we look at the necessities that we think we provide for ourselves, why don't we start looking at those things and saying, these are the foundation blessings. And the, the, the extras are extensions, are the blessings growing. It's a blessing that I can provide for myself. It's a blessing that I have a house. It's a blessing that I can pay my bills. And those come from God. But not only are our blessings physical, our blessings are spiritual. Jesus tells us to not lay, uh, to, to not store up on earth because it can be corrupted, it can be destroyed. He says, instead, store up where? In heaven. We live a life investing in the spiritual. That is where our ultimate home is going to be. One of the things that I have thought about, and I was, I can't remember who I was talking 
to about this the other day. I, I was having this conversation with somebody, but one of the things that's interesting, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I know in the grand scheme of things, I am not old, right? I was reading a couple of months ago, you, your body doesn't start to get old until you're in your mid-50s, okay? So for those of you in your mid-50s, I'm sorry about that. Um, but I, my, my body is getting older, but it hadn't gotten old yet, right? So I'm, I'm hanging on to that this morning. I, I realize that I'm not old. But anytime you hit those decade moments in life, what do you begin to do for a little while? You kind of, you kind of look, you kind of you know, evaluate where you are and the things that are going on in your life. And one of the things that hit me the other day, one of the things that hit me the other day is the realization that as a child of God, living with him, my life is just beginning. As a matter of fact, as a child of God living in him, my life never ends. Do you believe that? Our life never ends. We are eternal. It's just after the physical part, there's something different, right? There's something else that we're going to experience. But we are eternal. And that eternal is, 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 is mentioned as spiritual, if you will, that side of, of this part of life. We're connected to it, but we have to understand it. And Ephesians deals with the spiritual more than any other book in Scripture, other than maybe the book of Revelation. But on a practical side, Ephesians deals with the spiritual more than any other book. So he says, I want you to realize that not only are you being blessed here, but you're being blessed into what's to come. That the heavenly realm, there are blessings there for you, and that those blessings even spill over into where you are now. That our blessings are not just foundational. Our blessings are not just physical and can see and touch. Our blessings are eternal. And in that, in that we should find so much comfort. In that we should find so much motivation to continue to serve so that we can build upon those blessings every day. The next thing he says in verse 4, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight in love. When I read the word chose, two things come to mind. First thing that comes to mind is, is pick up football on the playground, right? So how do you play pick up football on the playground most of the time? You have two team captains, and what do they begin to do? They begin to pick. You know, I want you, and I want you, and I want you, and I want you. What's, what's, what's the challenge to that particular dynamic? Who gets picked first most of the time? The good ones. The best one gets picked first. Okay? That's just how it goes. And then if you're picked last, if you're picked last, you're really not picked, are you? You're just kind of the last one there, and you end up on the other team. So sometimes this idea of being chose is, is in our mind, it's, it's, okay, well, the best ones get chosen first, and then we go down the list. But the other thing that I think of with this word chose is it's the same word that's used in 1 Peter, and it's translated a couple of different ways. It's translated chosen, it's translated uh, favorite, uh, and it is translated elect. Uh, uh, 1 Peter uses it to God's elect. Is how he is how they translate it in that particular text. But my favorite of those three words that are translated there is favorite. I want you to know this morning that you are God's favorite. He chose you. You are God's favorite. I've got four kids. Do you know how often they ask me who the favorite child is? All the time. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. 
who's the favorite child? And Vance is really the one that benefits the most from our family dynamic because he'll go, well, who's your favorite son? Well, obviously, it's, it's him, right? Because he's the only son I've got. Um, and, I, and I tell him all the time, like, Collins is the oldest. I don't love you more, but I've loved you longer. You know, like things like that. You, you come up with ways to get around telling them who your actual favorite is. And, um, but I think about that. They are all my favorites, right? They're all my favorite in different ways and in different moments. They're all my favorite. And that brings me so much joy to think that God looks at me that way, that God chose me, that God looks at me and he looks at you and he says, you are my favorite. There are just very few people in the world that you can actually say, I'm their favorite this, right? Uh, There are very few people that you can actually say, hey, they are my favorite this. Um, These were my teachers. Some teachers, um, you you have a list, I'm sure, of who your favorite students have been through the years. But that list is very small compared to the number of students you've had, right? Students, all of us, we have had favorite teachers along the way, right? That list of our favorite teachers versus the length of the list is very small. But with God, he looks at all of us and he says, you are my favorite. I chose you. Not just all of a sudden, but he chose us before the creation of the world. And he said, the people that choose to follow me, who choose to be children of mine, who choose to have their sins washed away through baptism and live in the Holy Spirit, They are going to be my favorite. And he made his mind up about that before he ever said, let there be light. You were God's favorite. But I also think it's important for us to realize that we have a role to play in his choosing. That as he chooses us, we then have to choose to be what? Holy and, what's the last word? Holy and blameless. Now, if you rewind to some Sunday nights, Earlier this year, we spent, we spent some time talking about holiness. And I hope that for those of you that were a part of that, you remember and you understand that holiness does not mean perfection. Okay, He's not calling us to perfection here. He's calling us to live above the world, to live as those called out, as those sanctified, to live a certain life. But he doesn't say be perfect. He says just live holy, live for me. Live in a way that people look at you And they can't blame you for things. Again, not perfection, but live a holy lifestyle because you were chosen by God. And then the last couple of verses here. It says, in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. I love the phrase, predestined us for adoption to sonship. I love that idea because it really echoes verse 3. I mean, it's really all kind of one thought that before creation, before creation, as they're they're getting creation together and they're, they're putting this plan in place and they're creating, he knew that he was going to create us and he knew that we were going to be the crown jewel of creation, and he knew that he was going to provide a way for us to be with him for all of eternity, and he knew that those that chose that were going to be his favorite, and that he says, from the beginning of all of it, I made up my mind 
And to me, because this word predestined gets us in trouble sometimes because we think it means that we have no choice. He's not really talking about individual here, right? He's not saying that, okay, I pick you, 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 and you, and the rest of you are out of luck. He's saying, no, the church, because that's, that's who we're addressed to here, right? That's who he's talking to in verse 1, to the saints in Ephesus. He's talking to the church, and he's saying, I made up my mind that the church was going to be my favorite. And he says, and to me, the focus doesn't need to be on the word predestined, but the purpose of it, for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. In other words, this is what he's saying. I made up my mind a long time ago, you were going to be my family. You were going to be my family. Family is an interesting thing, isn't it? Family can be a blessing. And it can be a wonderful blessing. Family can also be the most challenging part of your life. Your family can cause you more pain and anguish and heartache and frustration than anybody else. Those that love you the most have the ability to hurt you the most sometimes. And so when you hear this idea that God chose us to be family, some of us may have the idea that family is not always a great thing. That family carries a negative thought there because your family dynamic is a struggle. Your family family dynamic is an issue. But what he's saying here is I chose to bring you into the perfect family to where you're my son and you're my daughter and you're my favorite. You know, when we have guests and visitors into our home, you know, it's, you, you always want to, to treat your guest to, um, to the greatest hospitality, right? You want to treat your guest to the greatest hospitality. But guests, even though in a short period of time they may receive a lot of love and hospitality, there are things in your house that your kids can maybe get away with that guest necessarily can't. If um, if a if a three-year-old is being creative and decides to draw a beautiful picture on the wall, there's a different feeling than if I come in your house and draw a beautiful picture on the wall. Why? Why, Riley? I should know better, right? I should know better. Riley's giving me the biggest grin out of anybody. But there's a different standard there, right? There's a different standard. Yeah, yeah, the kid may get in trouble, but you're also like, my three-year-old can draw circles and squares. That's pretty cool. You know, well, you know, like there's, there's a different standard there. And so we also look at it as a memory. You know, there's a different way we look at our family. And God says, I have chosen to bring you in and not, not make you a foster kid, that you're here for a little while and then gone, and you get some of the benefits. But he says, I'm making you a son. I'm making you a daughter. And if you have struggled with your family dynamic, for starters, don't bring that struggle into the church because God says, my family is perfect. We're not perfect as individuals, but as a church family, we can be. We can be that perfect family that you need where you find grace, where you find love, where you find comfort, 
as a whole, we can be holy. We can be a holy and blameless family because that's what God has called us to be. But know this morning that if you feel alone, if you feel slighted by your family, that God this morning comes to you and says, I want you to wake up. I want you to live this life. But understand, when you wake up and live this life, one of the things that you get from me is I'm your dad. I'm your father. And you're my child. And you get all the benefits of being part of the family. Isn't that a great thing to think about? Isn't it a great promise of God that, that he says, I'm going to choose you. You're my favorite. You're my favorite son. You're just not this person. You're, you're part of the family. You're here with me. You're in this life with me. That, that, you, that, that we're, we're going to do this together. That I want something from you, yes. I want you to wake up and live it to your greatest ability every day, yes. But understand that we do it together. And that's the first thing that I want you to realize as we wake up and live a greater life of faith. This morning, your faith journey may be in a different place than anybody else's. Actually, they're all in a different place. But maybe this morning, your, your journey is needing to get started. And you need to have that faith conversation with God in, in the form of salvation, where you have your sins washed away, and you have the Holy Spirit come into your life and live in your life as, as the deposit, as the inheritance, as the guarantee of your salvation. If you've not lived that yet, today is the day for that. Maybe you've done that and you're just struggling. You're needing direction. You're needing guidance. You're needing help waking up. Let us help you with that and lead you in a direction toward God. Thou art giving and forgiving, ever blessing, ever blessed. Thank you again for joining us. And please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or our podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast provider. Also, leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to join us again, and until then, remember to love like Jesus. Man to man.